a little bit of an introduction to the to the to the message tonight. But just during the worship set, I've just had such a a, a profound sense that there there are people here tonight that you're you're in a place like where Hannah was, you know, where you've been dreaming for something, praying for something, longing for something. And so at the end of the service, when the worship team comes back up, we're just we're going to make some room for the time at the end of the service. We want to stand with you in a place of prayer. You know, I mean, one of the powerful things in that story that you read about in First Samuel is that she had the faith to to just be there in a place of crying out to God. But one of the sad things about that story is that she was there crying out to God by herself. Come on. And, and, and we don't want that to ever be your experience. So we know for some of you here tonight, you're, you have deep, 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 deep desires, things that you've been crying out to God for. And so we're going to create some time at the, at the end of the service. And, and we want you to be able to, we're going to have people up here to pray with you. Come on. And that we're just going to stand in a place and cry with you. You with me? We're going to cry out to God, a Psalm 77 moment, and say we're not going to be comforted. We're believing that God has an answer, that he has something that he wants to impart to you. So we're, that's what we're going to get to in a little while. But let's do a little, little introduction. Can we do that? Because we want to keep tracking with this series. We launched this series uh, last weekend. I'm so excited about this series. It's called 50 Day People. And it means, and it, the title is, is because it's, we want to define what does it mean to be a Pentecostal church in a modern day world? What does it mean to be a Pentecostal church in a modern day world? We're answering that question for ourselves as a congregation. And so this is the series that we've been digging around. And you know, I only got to two of my three points last weekend. And so I'm just about finished the article that I wrote. I'm going to throw it up onto my blog website that you can get to through our church's website, thecitylifechurch.com. And so you can get that last point through there uh, probably in the next couple of days. So, so 50-day people, we introduce you to this verse. It's in Mark 10, 27. It says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible but not with God. Everything is possible with God. If there were ever a verse that any church that were, would, would dare to call itself a Pentecostal church should latch hold of to say this is what it means to be Pentecostal, this is the verse right here. This is it, is that we have an unrelenting, unshakable belief that God still makes the impossible possible. So what Stephanie was talking about as she was leading worship is what I was talking about when I was reading out of Psalm 77. It's what Vanessa was talking about as she wrapped up the worship set is that we want to be a church that says, I know that in the natural, in my humanity, when I see it, it's an impossibility, but it's not with God. Everything is possible with him, and we want to be a church that helps you discover that kind of belief that's born not out of here, but something deep inside of your heart that you could say, God, I believe that you can do it, that you can do it. This is a great quote by Max Lucado. Listen to this. It says, box size gods. You find them in the tight grip of people who prefer a God they can manage, that they can control and predict. This topsy-turvy life requires a tame deity, doesn't it? In a world out of control, we need a God that we can control a comforting presence akin to a lap dog or a kitchen cat. We call and he comes, we pet, he purrs. If we could just keep God in his place. 
You might remember that from the book that we did Fearless together a, a couple of falls ago as a churchwide campaign that we all do a, a sermon series and a life groups. All the life groups are the same in the fall and we picked up this book Fearless and that was one of the great quotes from Max Lucado in this is that so many people that live their life as, a, as come on a Christian, they want God to be in a box just like he was in the Old Testament with the Ark of the Covenant. We can take him out when we need him and we can put him away when we're done with him but that's not in the nature of who he is as the sovereign creator of the universe. He wants to rule and reign over every part of your life. And sometimes that's a little frightening, especially if you're a type A personality like myself that always likes to be in control, right? That can be a little off-putting to us. But we need a God who's a little off-putting because there's going to be circumstances that you and I face in this life that are absolutely impossible for us. And we want to worship and serve a God who can step into that moment, step into that situation and say, hey, it's not impossible for me. And we want to have a heart that stirs to say, God, I want you and who you are and everything that you want to speak over my life to be what defines who I am. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Come on, Mike Blevins right here, man. Come on. Okay, let's just do this as an additional giveaway since I wasn't sure I was going to do it since his name's right there. Let's just shower him with generosity. Can we do that tonight? So this is a $10 gift card to some various restaurants in the area. So you get a double double portion for your name being drawn out of the basket. Come on. You guys aren't clapping because you're jealous, and that's a terrible thing. You're clapping reluctantly. I'm clapping, but I don't like it. See, we've already upset Landon. See, I know. Did you see how she was, he was trying to get that bracelet off of Vanessa's arm, right? You had your eyes closed. You don't have to close your eyes when you pray. The Bible says watch and pray. You can keep your eyes open when you pray. So I was watching Landon as we were praying. He was trying to jerk that bracelet off of Vanessa's arm. And then, right, and then when she took her arm away to begin to pray, she's, he's, you know, he's thinking, she is not a very nice person because she would have given me that bracelet if she really loved me. She really cared for me. So beginning in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had arrived, we talked all about the significance of the feast and this happening on this feast in last weekend's sermon. So you can pick that up in the podcast. But it says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this occurred, the multitude came together and was confused. Listen to what it says. This is an important part of the text. They were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. It does not say that the disciples were speaking in their language. It says that they heard them speaking in their language. Now, we feel like that's an important distinction as a Pentecostal church that the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to give to us because we believe that they were actually speaking in a spiritual language. And then part of the miracle that would happen on that day is that God enabled these people to hear a spiritual language. He supernaturally translated it for them so they could hear it in their own native tongue. What does it say? They were astounded and amazed. Look, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that among how, how is it that we hear each of us in our own 
native language, Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Proselytes are people that were born not as Jewish people but converted to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own language the magnificent acts of God. Oh, come on, how great is that? The city would have just been bustling with people, full of people, for the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after the Feast of Passover. And here's all these people from all over the world milling through the city, and there's this raucous church service. It's loud. Sounds a lot like the City Life Church 2,000 years ago, right? They're looking for the earplugs before they come in because they like to celebrate and worship. We were at this, you know, this conference that, that we were at just outside of Rochester. Outside of the sanctuary, there were baskets filled with earplugs if you wanted to put them in before you went. I was like, oh, come on, this is going to be a good church, right? Creating some anticipation. They were loud, noisy, raucous, worshiping, praying, celebrating, and all of a sudden, all the people that were there began to hear, not just hear their language, right? But they began to hear these people declaring the mighty acts, the impossible works of God in their own native language. We hear them speaking in our own language the magnificent acts of God, and they were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this be, right? They were saying, this is impossible. But some sneered, right, because there's cynics in every crowd, right? We don't have any of those here. You don't know anybody like that. Some sneered and said, they're just full of new wine. I don't know about what kind of wine you drink, but I've never known of a wine that if you drink enough of it, it enables you to speak in somebody else's language. I don't know where you buy that, at what store, right? When you're traveling overseas and you go get your passport, they don't say, hey, get this passport, and then we'd like you to drink these three bottles of wine, because if you do, then you're going to be able to speak Arabic when you get there, right? Where, where, who sells that, right? That's, that's part of cynicism. Even what you give yourself to believe it takes more faith to believe what your cynicism leads you to than it does if you would just accept what God's doing in the moment. They're not willing to believe that God can supernaturally empower someone to speak in a spiritual language that, that can be translated into a language supernaturally that someone hears. They would much rather believe that wine would enable them to do that. Don't be a cynic in your life. We want a God that confounds us. We don't want a God that we can understand. We don't want a God that we can put into a box. We don't, we don't want a God that we can control. We want a God that causes us to fall on our knees in awesome wonder that far surpasses any understanding that this natural mind could ever hope to possess. That's the kind of God that I want to live my life for. And that's the kind of God we want to stir your heart. Come on, you can clap. You're not clapping for me. Come on. Clapping for truth. We want to be a church. We want to be a church that causes others from the outside looking in to say about our personal, personal, right? Our personal, powerful God encounters, that's impossible. We don't want you to just be able to tell other people's story. We want you to be able to tell your own story. As part of praying for Landon tonight, right? We don't want him to grow up being able to talk about other people's story. We want him growing up to talk about his story. We want him to grow up with his own story of a personal, powerful encounter that he himself has 
with his God, that he himself has with his creator, that would cause other people hearing that story to say, how is that even, how is that even possible? So when I was 23, I made a vow of devotion to live my life for Jesus Christ. It was in December of 1990, and the church that I was attending, Mechanicsville Christian Center, where I ended up being for 17 years before coming here, they had a, a guest minister that, that was in town and, and was preaching that weekend, and, and that was back in the day, right, where you had Sunday night services, and so you went to church on Wednesday night. If you were a Christian, if you were going to heaven, you went to church on Wednesday, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. If you didn't, if you didn't touch all three of those, you might have one foot in hell right? You might have one foot. You had to go all Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday, and Sunday night. So we, I came Sunday night because I wanted to go to heaven. <clears throat> so I came to the service that Sunday night, and he was preaching out of Acts chapter 2. He was preaching out of Acts chapter 2. He announced that morning what he was going to be talking on and preaching on and teaching on, and, and uh, it's what we're talking about tonight as an introduction and what we're going to really dig into uh, next weekend even more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I knew that that from the moment I made a vow of devotion to Christ, that one of my prayers was, God, I want everything you have for me in this world. I want it all. I want it all. I'm going to lay down this hedonistic life that, that I've been living, believing that as, as fun as I thought it was, now I realize because of John 10.10, Jesus came that he might give us life and life to the fullest possible measure that I had actually been settling for less. If I'm going to step out of mediocrity, I want to step into the fullness of life. That's why our vision statement is a church, heaven now, heaven forever. Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's something that God wants to do for you in this life. That's just a foretaste of the goodness that's to come. And so I went to that meeting that Sunday night and said, God, I, I don't understand what all this is about. But I know that if it's in here, I want it to be in here. I want everything you have for me. So he preached and he taught much of what we're going we're gonna to get into in, in, in greater depth next, next weekend. And at the, at the end of the service, the worship team came back up and, and we were in the, in the Family Life Center. We had not built our sanctuary yet. It was like a gymnasium and, and uh, you know, had that old 1970s orange athletic carpet in there, right? What were they thinking in the 70s, right? May it be, Lord, in the Jesus' name, that, that will, those color schemes will never come back, right? <laughs> I should just wear, like, you know, like a, a pale green polyester leisure suit next weekend, right, for this. Right? I've worked my way into the flip-flops. I could just keep on going, keep on going. So at the end, I was, I was the first one up there at the altar for prayer. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to experience what the disciples experienced 2,000 years ago in the upper room of that building in Jerusalem. Because that church, just like this church believes, it's in here not to tease us of what we miss, we've missed out on, but to give us a hope and a vision for what we can have in this life in the here and now. It's in here to, to, to create a desire and a longing. God, if you did it for them, will you do it for me? Will you do it for me? And so I went up to the front of that church, and, and I was standing there with my arms raised up, and we were praying, and the worship team was worshiping. And all of a sudden, as I was standing there, I just felt this incredible warmth resting across, all the way across the top of my shoulders. Played soccer in, in, in high school, and, you know, I, I pulled a few muscles like all soccer players do. Wayne wouldn't know anything about that, would he? And so... You know, they have this tub of stuff that they, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like commercial grade Bengay, right? 
and the trainer wouldn't even touch it. You know, he pulled it out with, like with a big tongue depressor, tongue depressor, and they would wipe it, wipe it on. You know, and, and it would create this incredible heat, right, to help loosen that muscle up. And so that that's what it felt like, except from the inside out. And I, I knew what that was for me. For me, it was just it was God's embrace that I was being held in that moment. It was as though that Jesus Himself had walked out right next to me and just put His arm around me. You ever been in a moment where, where, where you were just, you were in a place maybe of deep grief and maybe deep sorrow and, 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 and then all of a sudden a friend comes, you had your eyes closed, maybe it was in a church service, you're up at the altar and they just come and they put their arm around you. Oh, the feeling that that brings. So I'm standing up there, right, and tears are just falling from my eyes because of this, this just horrid life that I've been living. And, and then it's Jesus. He's in the room, just like he's in the room tonight. He just comes and stands next to me, and he puts his arm around me. And then all of a sudden, when I feel his embrace, something began to well up inside of me from deep within. The, the Bible calls it rivers of living water, right? That was our, 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 our summer series, Does Your Life Have Flow? Just the, the rivers of the waters of the Holy Spirit just welled up inside of me that, to the point where I just, I thought, I'm going to pop right here, right? I'm so full, and I'm blubbering, right? I'm, the tears are falling from my face, and, and the, the love that I have for God in that moment was so big that there was no language that would express the feelings that I was having. I can't explain it to you. I can't give you a mathematical formula of what it's that about. I just know that I read it in here, right? And it was happening to me. It was happening to me. And I was standing there, and then, then all of a sudden, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I began to share. You might have never been in a room where you heard someone in a spiritual language. I want you to hear it tonight because I want you to see my eyes aren't going to roll back in my head, right? My head's not going to spin around, right? It's not going to be the exorcist movie that you saw on TV. Some of you grew up in, in churches. You've been to churches, and you just saw stuff that was weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird, right? People are weird. People are weird, but God's not weird. God's not weird. And anything, that any gift that he wants to give to us, it's not to demean us. It's not to frighten people. It's not to, it might be different for you, and there might be a level of discomfort that you experience because it's new for you. But anything that's of God, even if it creates a little discomfort because of its newness, there's something inside of you that says, oh, there's something inside of me that wants a taste of that. Are you with me? So this, this was the little phrase, shanda makila kanda shanda. See, that wasn't so bad, was it? That was a little phrase. That's, all I, that's, that's just the phrase that I felt deep inside. And I just began to pray that over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I'm telling you now, that was when I was 23. I'm 45. I would much rather pray and worship in a spiritual language. It is the most natural feeling thing. That, 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 that it's almost, when I'm, when I'm in a, a worship set, right, or in a place of prayer, it's work to do it in English. You're conjugating verbs and does I before E comes after C, right? It's work. It's work. If, if, let me just ask you, if you were the sovereign creator of the universe, right, if you were the sovereign creator of the universe, why wouldn't you give your children the ability to pray and worship in a way that was totally unencumbered by human intellect? And for me, given the size of my human intellect, that's a great gift. Why wouldn't you? Every one of you in this room at some point in your life has been in a situation where you said, I just can't find the words to describe it. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Wayne, on the day his son was born, whether he said it or not, he felt this. I just, I don't have the words to describe it. I don't, I don't have the words. 
All of us are going to find ourselves in moments like that. Moments of deep sorrow, moments of, 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 great, of great celebration. And God says, hey, you don't have to have that with me. You don't have to have that with me. And so now when I step into a place of prayer, step into a place of, of, of worship over here when the, when the band's playing, right? In pre-service prayer or so many times, often in the morning, we're, we're going to start an early morning prayer time. It's coming. You're going to be hearing about it soon. We're, we're, we're going to pray some tonight. We're going to pray some tonight together as a church. But we're going to create a time every week. Pastor Justin and I were talking about it at, this, at the a conference that, that we were at, that we want to be Hannah's in this world. We want to we get on our knees and be desperate for the things that we know that God wants to do in this church. We want to get desperate. I told Juice on the way back to the hotel, you know, I said, I said, I said, Juice, I said, you know, I'm excited about what God wants to do in the City Life Church, but I don't think I've ever been desperate for it. I'm excited about the influence that we're supposed to have in our city, but I don't think I've ever been desperate for it. Hope, when it matures, turns into desperation, which is faith that's about ready to break out. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the Evidence of things not yet seen. So we're going to pick a time every week, and we're going to get together early in the morning. We're just going to begin to cry out to God. For some of you, you've been crying out to God for things for your whole life. We're going to create a time where we can come together, and we're going to say, God, we're, we're going to be Hannah, on our knees, crying out to God. And I'm telling you, in those moments, I want to pray just like this. My head's not spinning around. My eyes aren't rolling back in my head, Right? It might be that, you know, and I'm praying about this sermon, and I'm saying, God, am I going to share that, the sound of that with the, with the church? And this is what I felt like God spoke to me. If you don't, then you leave everybody to every broken example of spiritual language that they've ever been exposed to. You, if you don't, then everything that they've seen that's not been of me, everything that they've heard that's not been from me, that's what they're left with. Can you not put something out there that's a marker for truth and said, this is what it should feel like. This is what it should sound like. Not that it's going to be those syllables for everybody, but you get what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be freakish. At some point, we have to rise up and say, we're going to take Pentecostalism back from people that are weird, and we're going to say, that's not who God is. It's just not who he is. It's not who he is. Come on. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. So and if, if this message stirs your heart, we're going to work through all five of these together next week. We're going to work through all five of these together next week. No matter how long it takes, we're going to work through all five of those together next week. You with me? So come, leave your watch at home next weekend, right? Leave your watch at home. So the last session for the, for the, for the conference, and thank you for allowing Pastor Justin to go to this conference up out for Elam, that we just joined Elam Fellowship. We're excited as a church to be connected with them. The, 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 the gentleman who ministered the last night, who preached that, the message that last night, he pastors a church of 13,000 people in California. He's African-American, and before you, it is germane to the conversation. That's an Inside City Life Church joke. It's germane to the conversation. So, so he gets up, right? He comes to the pulpit with a washcloth in his hand, right? And I, you know what I'm thinking, right? Oh, he's planning on breaking a sweat. This is going to be good, right? If I were to come up with a washcloth, you would say, he must not be feeling good. He must be running a fever, right? So next week, I'm going to be in a polyester leisure suit, and I'm going to have a washcloth. I'm going to step up to preach, right? So this is what he said, first thing out of his mouth. So when I arrived here, I turned to, to brother so-and-so. I don't remember what, what the name was of the person that was, was helping him understand the schedule. And he said, how much time do I have? And they, they said, oh, Bishop, he's a bishop, right? Oh, Bishop, you take all the time you need. He said, oh, you never tell the chocolate preacher to take all the time he needs. 
That was the first thing out of his mouth, right before this, this sanctuary filled with people. Right? The whole place just erupted in laughter. But you know what we knew? We knew, oh, this is going to be good tonight. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We, we hope that as, as you leave here, we're going to worship a little bit together and pray some together. That there's something inside of you that says, I can't wait to come back next weekend because I want these questions answered for me. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is it really different from the vow I make to Jesus? Is, is this something that I should expect? So you might say, I, Fred, I, I believe it's different from Jesus after hearing what you taught about, but is it really something for me? Asking this idea, will I lose control of myself? We've talked a little bit about that already tonight. Is spiritual language for everyone? We want to talk about that more next week. Not, what, if I don't understand what I'm saying, what's the point? We're going to answer that question for you next week. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to step into a place of worship. If we talk to you about, about being available for prayer, if you could just make your way to the side that, you, the side that you've been assigned to. I'm telling you, if you are here, if you are here tonight, and that you look inside to the story of your life, and you're saying, you know what? There's something inside of me that's been longing for something, and I just don't want to be comforted. I want to hear God say yes. And I want to be comforted. I want to hear you say yes. Whatever the fill in the blank is for you, that you're saying, God, I want to see you move in impossible ways in this situation, in this person's life. It might be that it's not for you. You might have a friend. I was talking to Dave during the worship set. His name was Matt, a friend of his that he's been talking to about Christ. And they had this incredible conversation on the phone. He lives out of town. And so it's just his heart is opening up, come on, to the idea that Jesus is for him. So it might be that Dave chooses to come to pray for Matt. He's not coming to pray for himself, but just all the impossible doubts that Matt must have right now that come on the Holy Spirit is going to just cut right through all of those, and he's going to come to a place of making a decision for Christ. So, Father, we just we give you this time. These next 10 minutes or so that, 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 that we're going to step into this place of worship. We don't want to be comforted. We want to see you move in impossible ways in our lives. When the doctor said, this is your diagnosis, that might be for you tonight. That might be for you tonight. What's in the natural, that, that you're here tonight and you're saying, but I want to hear what God's diagnosis is. Come on, then you come for prayer. It might be that counselors looked at you and said, I don't know what else to tell you. Come on, God has something that he could speak to your heart. It might be in a strange relationship or an estranged child and other people from the outside looking in says, you're probably not ever going to talk to each other ever again. Come on, God has something to say about that. Whatever your situation, even if you're visiting tonight, come on, take a chance. Just take a chance. What do you got to lose? Take a chance on God. Take a chance on God. Find someone to pray with you. We're going to be off to the sides, and they're going to turn these lights down in just a minute down the front. We're just opening up this altar area because it might be that you just want to come stand by yourself. It might be that you just want to come stand by yourself. Then you come as we worship together. I see the cloud And I step in I want to see your glory as Moses did. Flash.
flashes of light and rolls of thunder, but I'm not afraid. No, I'm not afraid.
song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Sing that again. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain.
your name Cause Jesus, cause Jesus Your name is power Breath and living water Such a mother's mystery share a couple more thoughts and we're going to let you go. Come on, you didn't have anything better than this tonight already. Come on, tell yourself the truth. What's better than just being with people in the presence of a sovereign God? So you know, you know, one of my, my new hobbies, one of my new hobbies is, uh, is shooting. Don't worry, I'm not going to get anything out that's going to get me in trouble. Like, oh great, he's reaching into his pocket. You know, that's one of my new hobbies if you follow me on Facebook or on Twitter. And so going up to the conference, I traveled for the first time, you know, with one of my new guns I bought. Not on the airplane, right? right. Don't get nervous. But there's a process that you follow if you want to travel with a handgun. You got to follow the rules. It's got to be in a unloaded in a locked box, and then that locked box has to be inside of a checked suitcase or checked baggage. And then they give you this thing you fill out, and it says fire alarm, fire, firearm unloaded. And they put that inside the box, right? And so me being right, the not-so-smart guy that I am said, well, if we put it inside the box, how are they going to see it? And they said, sir, they have what they call x-ray machines. And I was like, oh, x-ray machines, right? So you put it up there so when it passes through that they know that, that it's, it's, it's been checked and it's, it's allowed, right? But I'm sharing that with you because this is the story for many of you. I'm just, we're, just, we're pushing a little bit tonight. For many of you, that's the story of your Christianity. It's the story of your life with Christ. It's unloaded, it's locked away in a box, hidden inside of a suitcase, and nobody knows. Nobody knows. Unless they had some type of x-ray machine that was spiritual and they could look into your heart. But that's got to change. Come on. For you, it has to change. There has to be something inside of you when you wake up tomorrow morning that says, I want the world to know that the greatest passion of my life is to be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So for whoever that is for tonight, God, for whoever that is that's been just living a hidden life as a Christ follower, that, that you are just going to cause their light to shine brighter than it's ever shined before. That the story of their life is going to be like what Paul wrote to the Church of Rome, 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. In Jesus' holy name we pray, and everybody said together, amen. We'll see you next week.